Welcome everybody to another episode of my uh, podcast and my uh, regular listeners will know that I'm always delighted to have um, guests on and today is uh, no different and I'm uh, delighted to have the brilliant uh, Ron Latz on the show from uh, the US of uh, A. Uh, Ron is currently with Mockingbirds uh, Marketing where they describe themselves and I'm reading your banner here on LinkedIn, uh, digital marketing strategy and execution for growth minded attorneys slash lawyers, we're in the UK, uh, and, uh, and law firms. Um, we're going to get into how Ben and I, how Ben, how Ron and I actually uh, connected in this topic around revenue operations or RevOps for short, which is certainly a hot topic of conversation in the world of SaaS sales. Um, starting to see uh, pockets of it, I guess, uh, from certain uh, certain areas coming to coming to the fore around all this and uh, Ron and I got in on a, a, a conversation on a particular post on LinkedIn we'll come to that in a second before I start uh, Ron uh, kind of a welcome and kind of be who what why when where why even and let's see where this uh, where this takes us so yeah you, you kind of covered it quick background I'm the VP of sales and customer success at Mockingbird Marketing so I uh, not only oversee the individuals that are essentially executing upon the strategy that we develop for our clients. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also very involved in all new potential client partnerships just because uh, I've been within the legal marketing space for just shy of a decade and a half. I can kind of understand the objectives, goals, needs, and, and pain points that a lot of uh, growth-minded lawyers uh, experience when trying to market their firm. So I can match them up with the individuals that are best suited with the skill sets uh, that they've acquired over many, many years. Um, on my team. Uh, prior prior to this, I, I did have my own business consultancy where I offered outsourced CMO uh, services for professional services, predominantly lawyers and accountants. Yep. Um, and I've you know been in the the sales and marketing space pretty much my my entire career. I made a comment on you know a couple of LinkedIn posts, which is how you and I connected, and that spawned uh, some great conversation. Indeed, and I think, not I think, uh, it'll be interesting to kind of before we kind of kick off into the into the RevOps pieces, maybe just to look a little bit in terms of, because uh, you and I have kind of similar backgrounds in terms of the the, the folk and the areas that we um, uh, that we focus on. But where where is the the overall kind of U.S. market, if you will, kind of in 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 law firm professional service space in I guess this concept of the word sales and CRM and technology and the fact the world is a very different place now and how attorneys develop relationships 10, 15 years ago to how those are developed now. What what, what are you what are you seeing in the round in terms of the, the, the changes? Or are you seeing the changes? Or is there a view that it's still, you know, still the old way is the right way? I, I don't think it's any secret that, you know, the legal industry as a whole is somewhat lagged behind the, the technology curve, mm -hmm. right? I think the onset of the pandemic forced a lot of law firms to be in the uncomfortable position of not knowing how to serve their clients in, in, a, in a digital first environment. You know, very simple things like virtual consultations, online scheduling or calendar systems, mm -hmm. online bill pay, right? The more sophisticated, and advanced firms had already deployed that type of technology and the pandemic forced others to get out of their comfort zone and, and essentially meet their consumers and their audience where they are. They don't 
necessarily want to drive into downtown Manhattan or into Chicago or deal with the traffic in LA to, to meet with their attorneys if it can all be done virtually. Um, I still think that we are in the nascent stages of intake management CRM. And then ultimately what the end all goal would be is to have a well-oiled RevOps you know, function within your firm so that you can optimize yeah. Um, the, the revenue at your practice, you know, but I, I still think that we're, we're, we're waiting for more adoption. Mm -hmm. uh, I still join calls. And again, we work with firms that are, you know, let's say they're at the three to $4 million in annual revenue that want to eclipse five or yeah. they're at eight or nine and want to eclipse 10. You know, these are, you know, growth minded firms that are allocating 10 to 25% of their annual revenue towards marketing. And part of that is going to be infrastructure. Yeah. I still have been on calls where, you know, lawyers, they, what, what does CRM even stand for? Right. They're, they're not even, you know, necessarily aware that that's how that other firms, maybe they are aware, they just choose not to adopt that type of technology, which again, depending upon the volume, depending upon your practice, right. You might not need an advanced system to manage, track and engage all these individuals that are coming to your firm. It, it's very dependent upon your firm, but I, I still think that there's a, a long way to go to get the majority of firms deploying this technology to help them alleviate the administrative burden so that they can do what they do best and that serve their clients and, and practice law. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you raised an interesting point there around, <clears throat> around adoption and it's, it feels like it's the same in the in the, in the UK market and even with large you know large organisations. It's yes, we kind of know what CRM is, but it's it feels like it's always been the thing that gets pushed to the bottom of the pile in terms of importance and investment because we need a new massive management system or we need a new website or we need a new finance system or or, or KM system or have you. And the CRM is kind of always pushed to the bottom of the pile because. Um, for the most part, it's working and they have their Excel spreadsheet or they have all their contacts in, um, in Outlook or whatever the email system is of, of choice. But of course, that only gets you so far. And if you're trying to grow as a business, you're trying to upsell and cross sell, you fundamentally need to understand what everybody is doing across the, uh, the piece with the, with the client because the client expects you to understand kind of what you're doing with, um, uh, with each other. And th that's why I felt it was interesting when we got into conversation on, on that piece around um, RevOps, and we'll come to RevOps in a minute. And I think it was also the narratives around are lawyers or attorneys, professionals, you know, are they even sales salespeople? So should they be using sales system? For those who are listening, I'm doing kind of in inverted, uh, inverted commas. And I think we kind of both came to agreement with this. They are salespeople. I'm still on the fence about the RevOps piece if i'm honest around where that fits in professional services but then that's why i wanted to get you on on here to kind of chat chat through it where we believe it might fit but before we go any further for the audience who don't know what revops or revenue operations is ron do you want to give a high level kind of a high level kind of overview of kind of what what revops is and what we're seeing in the SaaS space and why it might be or is relevant to a professional service audience. Sure, I think I'll I'll start with the comment around sales individuals and salespeople to make sure that that, that differentiation is made and then that will yep. probably segue us into 
um, a law firm that wants to maximize, you know, the, the, the revenue operations or improve client acquisition costs or get gain visibility into it. But, you know, we had engaged in a, in a discussion online that was debating whether or not attorneys, uh, which then led into professional services professionals, whether or not they are salespeople. And, you know, it's, it's my, it's my opinion that everybody is in sales. Um, I'm not saying that attorneys are enterprise sales reps that need to be multi-threaded across different departments <laughs> and are going to be going in and demoing their solution and bringing in an engineer and then doing all this data manual entry. That That is not what I'm saying. Those are certainly seasoned and professional business development individuals. Yep. Um, being in sales, selling yourself, um, selling your products, your services, your firm is something that attorneys are doing every single day. Right. Whether I'm trying to convince and, and sell the concept that vegetables are great for my three and a half year old twins, or you know, you, your spouse or partner is trying to convince someone on their team that they should be brought in on a committee because of their experience, we are all selling and, and justifying why we may or may not want to be included in those types of projects. Um, now, us both having uh, quite quite the long uh, track record of, of being within sales in general, right? We, we do understand firsthand, like the data, the manual data entry that is required to ensure that these systems are kept up to date. Yeah. And I would say over the, the, the course of just my professional career, you know, my adoption and utilization of the system's complete features and benefits has, has grown tremendously because I've always seen the value to a certain degree. And I'm just now at the point where I wouldn't be able to do my job as successfully, efficiently, or as well with, without the use of that type of system, right? When I, when I first got into my first role, right? I more so managed my sales funnel, right? Like my, my opportunities, because I was working out of spreadsheets for prospecting. And then as I matured and became a more sophisticated and, and seasoned business development professional, I, I would use it to manage my outreach, my prospecting, my relationships. And through that, gained a tremendous amount of reporting that was at my disposal to help me make decisions based on data and, and not just my gut, right? So um, at the end of my day, whether I'm joining a sales call or I'm joining a quarterly business review with an individual on my team and my clients, if that call isn't recorded, even if it is recorded, the notes that I've taken, the actions, the takeaways, right, the insights that we've gleaned, I still put them in manually into my CRM. And there, there's outside of transcription services or, or commenting on timestamps as when particular topics were discussed, like that is invaluable information that I want to refer back to in the future, just so that I understand the needs and wants and desires of my clients. And so that I know who is responsible for, for, for which action items. Mm -hmm. Taking it the step further and, and understanding, you know, your, your revenue operation, right? Or how you are productizing or monetizing the services solutions that you offer is, is something that the majority of law firms, again, that I speak to, it's just not even on their radar. Mm -hmm. Right. They have the, the ones that have very specific goals and objectives. If they want to grow, you know, they understand 
it's it's either a, a an increase in annual or year over year revenue. Yeah. Right. They're trying to decrease their average cost per conversions or their client acquisition costs. Right. They're trying to increase the average contract values in which they are providing to their teams. And some of the firms, you know, they they don't even have a benchmark around those numbers. So I think it would just be very challenging for them to go and deploy uh, a RevOps function just because they just they just aren't at that level. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not saying it's not valuable. There are certainly firms in which we work with that are well-oiled machines, have leveraged technology incredibly well, and a RevOps function, even though they might not be calling it, is somewhat already in place. They just might not be using a, a system outside of a CRM to capture all of that data and information. And, and I, I and I guess that's if I you know reflect on you know my knowledge is majority is in the UK European market. Well, I've worked with with US firms. Is that I I would see the 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 concept of RevOps actually being the role of business development or the BD that the BDs that are kind of more inward facing rather than um, outward facing. However, and I, I've, I have said this, you know, I have said this out, out there publicly as I think that I believe the, the biggest challenge that the, the BD and marketing community have within the legal and professional so well big four accounting not so much because they are getting they are more sophisticated in this uh, in this space is that they are a, a product of the culture of a partnership in a law firm is that each partner behaves and works in a different way and wants people to do the tasks that suit their needs versus dare i say actually bd doing what bd should be doing business development is sales origination sales generation and then um using systems and technology to help uh inform and guide what the next best step should should be but they they themselves don't know what revenue operations is or means or they themselves aren't necessarily aware <clears throat> of the types of technology solutions that are out there which would sit under the umbrella of, of RevOps to automate a lot of this data capture to start to make it easier and if I pick on um, you know there are lots of products out there but if we look at IntraHive it's probably one of the main the main players in in the legal space in terms of their automation around um, relationship analytics and data capture and, and, and so on and it's a brilliant piece of kit. You got Ebster, which is more lean. Ebster's more Salesforce and SaaS, um, SaaS world. And of course, we've now got Viva Sales Insights, um, which Microsoft have recently launched in a, in a, in a soft launch. The, the challenge is, A, they don't really know that these technologies ex exist, or if they do, they're not, and this is kind of what we were talking about in terms of adoption or execution, they're not really used <laughs> in the way that they're designed for in terms of the the output and i've just finished a brilliant book by um tom goodwin called digital darwinism the second edition and his view is that actually across all business what we do is we buy technology and then force it to fit old processes rather than maybe thinking about do we do we need to re redesign or reinvent the process which then is enabled by the technology to make the technology 
more effective around what it's actually designed to designed to do. So it, it, for me, it's, it's as much as a skill set and knowledge within the business functions that should be owning and running this. If if I had to define it specifically for legal, and again, it depends on, you know, if you're an enterprise SaaS, there's going to be other business units that are included within this, mm -hmm. but within a long firm, right? RevOps to me is that alignment amongst your sales and business development professionals, whether that's the rainmaker, the managing partner, or the yep. executive director of BD. Yeah. Marketing and customer success. Now, the lion's share of firms that we work with don't have a customer success function. Right. Not really deploying technology and trying to drive that adoption. But with marketing, right, that I, I still believe that that misalignment exists in the majority of firms. Because even in an instance where let's say they have an individual that is dedicated towards marketing, they are driving website visibility, intake management, the reporting of that, which is still disconnected from the, the primary partner or lawyer that is responsible to drive in net new business, yeah. right? So the challenges that we see are still integrating just the marketing piece from <laughs> basic call tracking to intake management, pushing yeah. that into matter management, and then understanding financial impact and the entire life cycle and journey of that customer's experience, mm -hmm. right? Let alone the, the alignment amongst those individuals in, a, in, in, in their team that they are developing, um, you know, a strategy that is cohesive, has the same messaging and positioning so that all parties involved are sending the same message. Um, few and far between. And again, I, I have been in the industry quite some time. I'm not working with big law, right? So some of these, some of these outfits certainly are going to have these processes, standard operating procedures and, and technology and roles all in place. But for small to medium-sized law, uh, they, they do not have dedicated teams or resources that allocate 100% of their daily responsibility towards ensuring that alignment. And that's where I see at least the small to medium-sized segment uh, facing just some challenges with deploying a, a RevOps function overall. I, mean, I, I feel you're being generous to big law as well in terms of um, your perception of what they're, uh, what, what they're doing. Yes, they will have the systems and technologies in place, um, but is it being deployed and adopted in a, in a, in a way that it, they should be? Yeah. Well, publicly, we're always, we're always going to talk a good game about what's happening, but in, in the day-to-day -day of, of all of this, and this, this then, I guess, comes back to you know, the salient point you made around everything needs to be, we need to be more joined up as, as business units. And it was interesting that you picked up on the word of kind of customer experience because I've been castigated in the past by lawyers and attorneys saying we don't have customers we have clients dear boy I'm like wow okay <laughs> if, if, that, if that's how if, if, if we're arguing the semantics of the taxonomy of, of how you describe people who pay your uh, pay your invoices then that's already you're, an inter you're in an interesting mindset because I'm not suggesting that the uberization of law as as you will however um, the CX piece 
I believe is gonna is going to become ever more important in kind of broad broad B2B, not only kind of professional services, because we all we all know that it is possible because of the, the experience that one has when one goes on Amazon's website is not brilliant, right? In terms of a user experience, but it does what it, it does what it needs to do in terms of its service. It serves me. I'm now again not suggesting that law firms need to have a website like Amazon, but it's eminently possible for them to have websites that uh, react dynamically. So if the same GC or the same person is coming back to the website, you're serving that content, which we know is going to be relevant to them, and then joining that into the back end system, which then starts to create activities within within crm what doesn't he have doesn't have to necessarily be crm it could be you know a dashboard that's powered by power bi or tableau or, or, or whatever that starts to give that um that insight if you will as to the the, the journey that, that the person is um is on and even if we you're able to do all that, which you can do today, I mean, we know that that can happen today. If you started with no legacy systems and had an unlimited budget, you could pretty you could create a perfect system from a technology perspective. I still question whether you'd get the adoption because of the the, the change in mindset required to understand the what this what this means. And even if they do understand it, and this is something that you know I come up against with even the basic systems like sales navigator in terms of the types of information that that serves you is what do i do next with it <laughs> how, how do i react based on what that's telling me versus that's nice i'm going to go back to my spreadsheet and just carry on with the um with the day job and i i guess kind of what i'm getting at is that's why I applaud those that are having the conversation around this whole concept of RevOps, but I, my instinct is that might scare some folk off when they're not even on kind of, they're not even at, you know, on the plate, let alone, you know, to do the first hit, let alone, let alone getting the first base and the second base. So that was a really poor American analogy. I apologize. <laughs> all right. That's all right. Let's, I, we, we, we hit a couple of things there. Just, client versus customer experience and then adoption really and you know if i if i break those two apart listen the whether you call it a customer experience or a client experience right that that journey is going to range to be based on right the the area of law or the service in which you need right yeah. no, nobody is walking out their front door hoping that today's the day that they get a dui <laughs> or that they get t-boned by semi truck, right? Yeah. An individual's journey is going to look much different than somebody who may be going through family planning and needs yeah. to uh, get a will, a state, mm -hmm. someone that might be wanting to separate from their spouse and go through a divorce, right? The journeys and experiences do vary greatly, but it is still the experience that they are going through and ultimately purchasing. It's not just a legal service. Yeah. From the time you speak with the receptionist, to speaking with an associate or a paralegal or the partner to them getting their invoice paying and ultimately hopefully leaving you a positive review yeah they can they, they account for the entire experience before they give you those five stars um 
going into more of the, the adoption, whether you are a small firm or big law or just even an enterprise, it applies across all of these types of businesses. Without someone leading the charge, a project champion or internal sponsor, leading by example, your adoption is going to suffer, period, end of story, right? It's like the, the, the law firm partners that come to us and say they want to um, launch a content strategy on LinkedIn and have absolutely zero intent on ever publishing content themselves, <laughs> but expect the associates to, yeah. to run with the torch. Well, I mean, you're not leading by example. You're not showing you're guiding them the way. Um, or let's take a look at technology implementations, right? Like without someone leading the charge, identifying the voices and all stakeholders involved to avoid downstream impacts or, or gaps, right? Like you need somebody on top of that. And then once that system or technology is implemented and stabilized, you're still going to have new people joining your firm. You're still going to have employees that churn, right? You're going to have new attorneys. You're going to grow. And those individuals need to have the resources at their disposal to ensure that they are using the system the way that it was intended to be used. If not, adoption suffers. Mm -hmm. you know as well as I do, garbage data in is going to be garbage data out. And then you're stuck spending tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars on a technology that's just collecting dust and, and not being utilized in the way that it was intended to. No, it's, it's, and you're so right in terms of in this day and age, it doesn't really matter whether you're a small firm or, or a large firm or enterprise, the, the, the rules fundamentally remain, um, remain the same. And I'm glad that you, you kind of highlighted the experience piece as both, as, as both the physical and the digital. Um, and it, in, it, it'll be interesting in terms of, when the first firm makes that leap of faith and start starts to look at how they might use um, VR as a medium to, and I know Mitch Jackson is someone I follow, um, who's, you know, hugely, um, you know, passionate about that as a medium to start to engage with, uh, with people, or even uh, just a different way in terms of how you use this environment in terms of Teams or, um, uh, or, or Zoom or um, how your office looks and um, looks and feels. It's, it's a really interesting piece in terms of trying to stitch all that to, uh, to together. But to your point, it comes full circle back to you need that leadership. You need, irrespective of whether they call it RevOps, it's business development version 4.0, it's mm -hmm. whatever we, um, we call it. You, you do need those at the top kind of leading by example because if, if they even if you buy software right which automates the con the, the contact creation the contact data the relationship analytics all that all that kind of stuff if you're not having people um saying why this is important and why we now you need to use the data as part of our overall revenue operations plan or because that helps us upsell and cross sell you're still going to have things collecting um uh, kind of collecting dust as it's uh, uh, as it were now i'm always conscious and this is um I do hope my podcast bring value to my uh, to my audience, but I kind of want you know people to to leave with actionable um, insights. So for those that are uh, listening and they want to explore kind of this concept of RevOps further on, or they want to at least start the conversation internally with their uh, their colleagues, what would be your kind of top tips? One, two, three, five, whatever that. Um, you would suggest that they would need to do first to arm themselves with the relevant, I guess, information 
Yeah. So start to have that credible conversation internally so that it's not another, yeah, go away, stop annoying me with something that you don't know, that I know nothing about, and you know nothing about, and I'm not interested. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I think you need to expose yourselves to individuals that are talking about these topics so that you can gain an understanding about what it is, what it's not, right? Whether that's looking at Ben or Philip Turner from Nexel, they share yeah. content on LinkedIn, they have a podcast whether it's your podcast where you're talking about this within the professional services realm, identify those individuals within that segment, follow them on social channels, and just gain exposure to the types of discussions that they are having so that you can have them internally at your firm. And then next, you know, internally, whether it's a committee, a group, a team, or just a couple of different people, get those individuals uh, the, the time mm -hmm. to discuss the implications that this may or may not have on your business. So if you have, if it's the rainmaker who's leading the drive for business development, if you have an executive director of business development or marketing, have those people have these types of discussions and get a better understanding as to how it might fit into your practice, right? If if, if you if you're not if, if you're still doing the back of the paper napkin or doing everything manually within Excel, right? Deploying a, a RevOps technology uh, or system likely isn't going to be your next best step. Right. Um, and then and then finally, like it kind of dovetails on both of those things. Find those individuals within the community, right? The legal the legal marketing and technology community, right? LinkedIn, Facebook has great legal tech, legal ops, um, you know, groups in which not just people like you and me, but other, other lawyers, other attorneys and law firms that are um, you know, setting themselves up with these types of solutions, ask them about their experience. What were their pitfalls? What were their successes? Um, and, and again, every firm is gonna be unique and has a different circumstance, different process, different procedure, but take bits and pieces that you've learned from everybody to create something that is unique and uh, satisfying the needs for your firm. That's a really good shout on the groups. I mean, all of it was great, really great stage advice, but I hadn't thought about the fact that, um, you know, I'm in a lot of barbecue groups on Facebook, but I hadn't necessarily thought about, uh, you know, there'll be rev ops and legal ops and legal, legal kind of tech groups on Facebook or um, uh, or, or LinkedIn. Um, the other, as you were talking, the other thing I was thinking about is if, if you have friends who work in SaaS companies and look outside of legal and go go and get them to go what tech do you have what are you using how are you using it because it to your point that doesn't mean you're ever they may never let get to a sales loft or an outreach type sort of sales engagement platform play but at least it kind of stretches the imagination in terms of well okay that's a little bit scary but that bit of it or well, i didn't even know you could automate that activity which if we started to do that that would save x amount of time and make my life considerably easier because we're not having to do this you know do this um do this manually and it, it's also and this is reflecting on there's a chat called justin michael i don't know if you follow justin he's a yeah. justin yeah. talks about um your technology quotient it's things like are you with the existing if you have no technology at all okay you're gonna you're gonna go need find technology right but if you have something in place are you getting the maximum out of it in terms of what it can do and what i mean by that if i reflect on my time when i was at blp and this is probably pushing 10 years ago now um where we were on um interaction crm and what the matthew keller he's now ey he was the lead financial services partner there we wanted to 
look forward in terms of meetings happening over the next six to eight weeks across the FS, FS group. What was currently happening is that PAs every Friday had to manually go into partner diaries try to figure out which were business meetings, which weren't, and then put this into a um, put this into a spreadsheet. And I said, you do realize all you need to do is tick that box in Outlook. And they'll automatically put it into interaction. And I can automatically have reports run every Monday morning, which send an email out to everybody going, here are the forward-looking meetings with our um uh, with our clients. And it was just kind of like it's just weird kind of, oh I didn't know you do that. That's awesome versus why well, I'm not doing that what what why or pa is going to be well that's not my job to push the button in out i'm like what and then it got to the point where we were running the reports anyway and i'd have partners literally coming and banging on my door stop sending this report out with zero meetings i've got meetings i'm like well your, your colleagues can do this so <laughs> two right. things need to happen here you or your pa need to start pushing a button or you go and talk to the, your boss and tell them you're not doing it but this report's you know keep running and it was purely because nobody had, dare I, this is going to sound unfair, but bothered investigating what can we do with the technology that we already have that would stop a completely, not pointless task, because the outcome of the task was useful, mm -hmm. but done in such a time poor Time poor efficient is that even like English language? I don't know. You know, you know what I'm trying. Time that's not even that's a that's an oxymoron, isn't it? Time poor efficient. Um, there we go. I've made something up. I'm tired. It's the end of the day. Um, but a really inefficient way of doing something. You could free up that EA's time to do something more value. That's what I was. That's what I was getting to. So the other piece I would add to your your brilliant points was actually go and challenge the systems you have, and can they do a little bit more? than they're already doing, which could then potentially help to start you on that journey of, oh, well, if we're doing this, we could actually, you know, following your advice, Rod, because you've gone out there and learned what the art of the possible is, we could actually do more and more of this and help people on their um, uh, on their journey. I knew this was going to be a good one. We could talk for hours on, uh, hours on this. Um, if people want to find you, where's the best way for people to reach out to you, Ron, so that you can offer that you might, in terms of if they want to get understand more, more of what blimey alexander get a grip more of what you do and how you might be able to help them and their businesses where is the best place for them to go and find you? <laughs> uh, the best place for sure is linkedin at ron lats i try to post uh legal marketing tips around uh improving your firm's marketing efforts driving more revenue increasing retainers and i try to dive into the comments and jump into all the conversations that kind of spawned the discussion that we had today so Love you to reach out, connect, and uh, see in the feed. Take it from there. I will put the, I still haven't got this YouTube thing right in terms of, I'll put the links, I think, somewhere here. Uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, yeah, exactly. For those of you listening, uh, the links for all Ron's details will be in the um, in the description of the, the podcast. If you've listened to this podcast and you reach out to Ron, please do mention that you've um, listened to this podcast. So he'll, you know, we know that this, that this is, um, uh, working and if you've got anything you'd like to add any any views you've got around this maybe your firms yourselves are looking at rebels and you're just not talking about it 
you know, myself and Ron would love to hear from you and hear your uh, your experiences. Maybe come on this uh, this uh, this podcast and uh, chat about it. As Ben, um, as Ben, forgive me. As Ron said, um, Ben and Philip from Nexel, it's worth having a, um, a follow a follow of them too in terms of what they're talking about. Um, but uh, Ron, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for your um, your insights. It's been absolute um, an absolute pleasure to to have you. Appreciate the invite. It was my pleasure. Appreciate it. Likewise. And uh, if you want to be on the podcast and you know what to do, if you want to recommend people to be on the podcast and you know what to do, but wherever you are in the world, enjoy what you're doing. Uh, be safe, have fun, whatever it is in this day and age. I'm kind of losing, losing track a bit. I need to go and have a lie down. Thanks. <laughs>